Tierverse, episode number 82. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. This is Greg Duncan. This is Paul Hacker. Hey, Paul, welcome back. <laughs> it's good to have you back on the show, man. Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Finally get some time to, to do some uh, catching up. This is great. Yeah, so uh, what have you been up to? You're, you're, you're in a hotel room, you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So I'm here in Alpharetta, Georgia, uh, doing some some consulting, and uh, I'm going to be here for most of the month of October, so I'm basically living out of a hotel room. And uh-huh. um, I spend my weekends um, – it's funny, I'm going to uh, – on a code camp in Atlanta this weekend. So anybody in the Atlanta area can come to the code camp this weekend. And then next weekend, I'm in Austin. The following week, I'm in Tallahassee. And the weekend after that, I'm in Raleigh. So wow. um, I'm, I'm on this speaking in road show right now. So I'm, I'm going all over the place speaking. So that's my big thing Are right now. Are you stopping in at the TFS office while you're in Raleigh? I could. I'm only there for the weekend, though, really. I come in on a Friday and I leave on a Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, well, we'll let folks know that you come in anyway. Uh, and we, if you send me some links, we'll stick them in the show notes to sure. the co-coms. Sure thing. Brilliant. Man. Yeah. Great. Well, you get to you get to go trick and treating around the hotel room. That, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> Actually, I get to go home for Halloween, and then I leave on the first to go to the summit, the MVP summit, and then I head right from the MVP summit to Raleigh. So we suck. <laughs> we, we really do. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to let cool. me buy you a beer at the summit there uh paul yeah yeah that'll work have, First you two summit. have you two ever met in person i don't think so wow crazy <laughs> yeah wow. well, greg's an mvp now paul yes i know yeah. i saw that it's awesome this is awesome <laughs> thank you yes and uh you uh we mentioned on the last show that you were doing a release management webinar how did that, that go so that went real well i'm actually doing a lot with release management in fact that's what i'm doing my engagement here on is release management and we're bending the tool to things that probably shouldn't be doing but um it's a lot of fun it's it's do you fancy talking about that next week if we oh get, sure if we sure yeah. sure yeah yeah there's brilliant. in fact we're we've we've actually trying to get time with the product team because we have such great feedback for them um but we mm-hmm. haven't been lucky enough to get that response on that yet but uh, one of the things okay. we're trying to do is get in there because we are really using this. I mean, right now, just so you get an idea, we're deploying to 70 different servers in five different countries, and we're going to expand that out to about 300 servers in about 14 countries. Wow. I'll have a chat with them. They're, they're uh, plus 10 and a half hours from you, that team. But um, I'll have a chat with them tomorrow and, and uh, make sure make sure you get a response on that. That'd be cool, yeah. Cool. So uh, we'll we'll quickly we'll go through the um, news quickly because uh, we've got a special guest coming on the show in a moment. So uh, first of all, it's, it's not really TFS news, but it's radio TFS news. I moved the site over to Azure at the weekend. That's it awesome. Was re- it was remarkably painless. <laughs> it, um, it it took it took me longer to copy the because the I used to have uh, the 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 site hosted in a in a server that I rented off rent off Paul and then the actual the content is um, hosted on um, a CDN up in on S3 on Amazon is where it was and it always this was before like this is back in 2008 this is before you know Azure existed I think it was definitely before it was called Azure and right. definitely before they had a CDN and I just never converted it over once Azure had a CDN, so I was like, "Oh, I better get around and do that." It was so easy. I wish I'd done it ages ago. And, and getting this, go ahead. And you posted the code out on uh, Visual Studio Online. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so all the codes in in uh, in in Git on Visual Studio Online are converted over from TFA, TFEC to Git. Um, it doesn't actually have CI build set up yet, Greg. Believe it or not, because I wanted to play <laughs> with is the Visual Studio Online. Um, uh, like editor in you know the Monaco editor right. thing. I wanted I wanted to have a bit of a play with that, and you can't have that on and CI deployment on at the same time. So <laughs> anyway, 
I'll, I'll get there. I'm going to have a chat with folks and see what I can do. But um, yeah, so it's just really it's up and running and it's all good. So that's great. And as putting the site over took less than I want to say close to four minutes. Wow. You know, wow. and then but converting oh, it was just it, I just just uploaded it. I just created the site and uploaded it. It was so easy. It was unbelievable. Actually- then I had to like move the dom- wait for the domains. You know, you have to register a domain right. and wait for that to move over. And what? But I did that while I was uploading one and a half gig of our our um, shows that we've got it's one and a half gigabytes is our archive mm. and um that took like all all morning so the dns stuff had finished by then and i came back and switched it over and it was all done over the weekend and uh, hardly any outages i messed up the rss feed as, uh, but apart from that it was fairly painless i think you know I, that would actually i'd love to see that in a blog post on how you moved from that to azure and, and what parts of azure and stuff that you're using yeah, so currently, just we we're on a, a single tier, a single instance Windows Azure website, a a, sta, a small one, uh-huh. a shared one. That's what it's called. Um, and because I use I use caching aggressively, it more than handles the load. Absolutely no problem at all. And then uh, and then the Azure um, storage to upload the episodes into, and then Azure CDN in front of that, which um, which which maps it, all mapped to custom domains, and it all just works. And then. Um, yeah, it just works. It's brilliant. And I, I switched in um, App Insights, so we've got analytics on there as well. So I'll have a look at that after the show, see how that goes. But it's just super easy. You are just it. so yeah. You are just a dog fooding fool, aren't you? Yeah, well, you know, I was, I was, it was, I was inspired by having my uh, shiny new operating system to play with. What can I say? <laughs> So let's just quickly round up the releases. We 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 um, we released the uh, Visual Studio 14 uh, CTP4. So um, last time we talked about it, and I, I want to make sure everyone's aware of what we're talking <laughs> about here. So last week, <laughs> this time last week, we spoke about uh, Visual Studio 2012 um, update three CTP2. I think no, it was um, update four. No, C- CTP. Update for CTP2. There we go. Right. That's right. Yeah. Now this week is Visual Studio 14. CTP4, so that's the next major version of Visual Studio, the fourth CTP of it, and um, uh, TypeScript 1.1 CTP was included in that as well. And then if you go along, you know, it's 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 all the Visual Studio stuff, so uh, TFS isn't in these CTPs at the minute, it's just Visual Studio. And um, the two major things were some improvements around the ASP.NET tooling and some cool, uh, some really cool um, debugger uh, improvements as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's it's looking pretty good, and obviously um, TypeScript's cranking along. So you can go and have a look at that over on GitHub or follow the blog. They do some really good um, announcements on their blog explaining what's going on. So it's um, all good and all you know. The, the, if you want to, if you are using the uh, Visual Studio 40, uh, 14, then gosh, it's hard. Make sure I'm using code names. Then um, do click on the little send a smile thingy uh, or send a frown, and we we do read those as well as other stuff that comes from user voice and connect um, and we have this actually fancy website inside where we can you know we can associate it, it looks at words and if they're like happy words or sad words in feedback as well so, so we can try analysis you know, on it that's nice yeah 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 so we can try and and then people like obviously look at their own feature areas and you know have stuff it's, it's really cool so yeah please do please do send that feedback in we do read them all and we also read them in aggregate as well so um, fellow MVP, Angela Dugan, did a post talking about the TFS 2013 Update 3 access levels and licensing, which, you know, as anybody who's had to deal with the licensing stuff, um, 
she tries to break it down and, and, and make it human readable. I mean, the licensing's actually gotten better in these latest releases, but she does a really nice job uh, of breaking it out. And of course, we all know that in update four, uh, we're going to get some licensing changes. Uh, the stakeholder licensing should hopefully roll out with update four. Uh, but still, this was a nice one because this, again, I was talking about this at work. Uh, just yesterday about licensing and, and uh, uh, how to do this stuff. So uh, thanks, Angela, to, for releasing that. And Angela used to, you know, she used to work for Microsoft selling the stuff. So if anyone can explain licensing, it's her because she used to have to do it for a living, unfortunately. Yeah. So. How, how about you, Paul? Any any news that caught your eye? Yeah, yeah. So um, again, another uh, MVP of ours, uh, Richard Fennell, has written a blog post on version stamping um, is Windows 8 store apps manifest with TFS Build. So, oh. um, which is pretty 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 cool. I, I haven't gone through the whole blog post, but um, uh, what Richard does is pretty interesting. His blog's always a good source of information. In fact, I find myself going to it for a lot of different things. But yeah, in this one, he's actually uh, stamping um, the Windows 8 Store app manifests uh, in the TFS build. So it uh, looks pretty easy to do. Um, just just have to do uh, – he does a little for each and does a PS1 for each loop there and, uh, and goes with it. So it's all PowerShell. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And one thing, um, the – you know, inside your build scripts, it actually sticks all when it invokes the processes. Um, it actually puts all the, the parameters into environment variables for you, so you can get those out and use them in PowerShell and things like that. So uh, that's 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 kind of a technique he was using there to get that to work, which is pretty cool. And it saves messing around with activities and things. PowerShell's the way forward for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, David Smiths has a post um and this was a, i haven't been following him until just recently uh, mm. but now he's definitely in my uh, stream released a post about connecting with visual studio online from your universal app and, and i get these kind of posts i love it's code heavy post but it's still you know there is three four five steps basically in hooking up your universal app to Visual Studio Online. I love these apps that are showing how to use the API, you know, because yeah, Visual it was Studio a brilliant Online, post, wasn't yeah, it as well? You know, Visual Studio Online is great, but when you have a solid API and you have a community like ours, you know, it, it's a great multiplier is what it is. Mm-hmm. So he shows on how to, um, you know, basically plug in all this VSO stuff into your universal app. And with Windows 10, you know, universal apps are going to have that much more. I talked about this last week to start thinking about, really start thinking about those universal apps. So. Cool. Ryan, well, we'll just make it a quick news thing because we've got a special guest in, uh, in after, the, after the break. We're going to interview Willie Peter Schaub. So, uh, Greg, do you want to take us through the break first and then we'll get on to the interview? Absolutely. Episode 82. 82. Wow. I know. Fast, it's crazy. Huh? Of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email at sales at S-A-A-S-M-A-D-E-E-A-S-Y.com. And Paul, question for you. Do we actually need the www? Or just sasmadeeasy.com SASMA- in any browser. Just fine. All right. Good show. Go to www is so 90s. Anyway, uh, again, thanks to SAS Made Easy for um, uh, helping us bring you this show. And speaking of the show. 
Great. Yeah. So uh, it's my pleasure um, to introduce a great friend of mine and uh, a colleague as well now um, at Microsoft. So Willie Peter Schaub, he's a senior program manager at the Visual Studio ALM Rangers. We, I think, have spoken about one of Willie's blog posts every <laughs> single episode. The past 81 episodes have all been because of Willie Peter and, and his friends. So uh, we thank you. And we thought about time we had him on the show. He's um, He actually is based out of the Microsoft Canada Development Center. And since the mid 80s, he's been striving for simplicity and maintainability in software engineering. His blog is at blogs.msdn.com, whackb, whack, Willie hyphen, Peter underscore Schaub. And you can find him as well at on Twitter at WPSCH. A-U-B. Willie, welcome to the show, finally. Great to have you on. Well, good morning, afternoon, and evening, everybody. And yeah, <laughs> thank you very much for the opportunity to represent the ALM Rangers on Radio TFS. It's really great to be here. Yeah, we, we were thrilled to have you on, as I say. I think it's every single show we've, uh, we've had something from you know one of the guys on us so, and a blog post from you as well. So it's uh, great to have you. So we have to start with, you know, what do we call you? WP, Willie, <laughs> Willie Peter. Oh, yeah. See, I call you Willie P quite a lot because of the alias. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and, and me and Greg are notoriously terrible at names when we use people's names. Yeah, I have to laugh because the likelihood of my dear mother listening to the show um, is very slim. So you're welcome to just drop the complex hyphen and call me Willie. Um, I think Willie P is, is also a a kind of a an acronym for a white phosphorus grenade, <laughs> yeah. uh, which some of my <laughs> colleagues always make jokes about when they talk to me. So, yeah, I think Willie is fine. Cool. So, so Willie, I, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the Rangers. Well, one of the things I run into is I like I'm like I'm working with a customer now, and they're like, "We want we want an ALM Ranger in here," and and, and they make it they they think it's the same thing as an MVP. When they think MVP, they think Rangers, and vice versa. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the Rangers really are? Sure. Yeah, the the ALM Rangers were established back in 2006 by my colleague Bijan Javidi. Um, and Martin and Paul, you probably remember sitting at one of the very, very first MVP summits that I was and mm-hmm. Bijan walking in, giving us a list of solutions and then walking out again. Um, and that was the introduction <laughs> sure. to the Rangers. Um, I was obviously stayed in touch with Bijan because it, it really interested me what his team was doing. Um, and yeah, the mission is really to provide professional guidance, practical experience and gap filling solutions for the ALM community. So that's our mission statement. Um, the way I always try and explain it, just think of us as the friendly forest ranger kind of in the Yukon outbacks, which I love, um, who removes all the impediments such as fallen trees or puts out fires so that we all enjoy the forest or, I guess, in our case, Visual Studio ALM. Um, so. and, who, and who are they? I mean, is it because it's not just it's not it's not like a gang of people that work at Microsoft in Microsoft Consulting or things like that. And it's not just MVPs and it's not, you know, who, who makes up the ranges? Yeah, who makes up the range? That's a good question. Is We have two full time program managers that report to the developer division. Uh, I guess we're part of the same home you are, Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a lot of passionate part time engineers um, who are, as I always say, have a, a family and a real job to worry about. As I mentioned, is we have about 180 active ALM ranges, um, and half come from Microsoft uh, Teams, 
so it's it's a mix of engineers from the product groups, from Microsoft services, from DPE or now called UX, i.e. Brian Keller is one of our LM ranges, um, and MSDN content editors. So we have a mix of kind of volunteers from within Microsoft. And then outside of Microsoft, we have the other half, which is made up of MVPs and members from the ALM community. And that was really my mission when I joined in 2009, is to kind of embrace the, the, the community outside of Microsoft, because that's where the real hard lessons are learned in terms of our technology. Um, Martin, you, I guess you know as well, because you're an ex-MVP, mm-hmm. we sweated blood and tears in the trenches, kind of trying to install TFS 2005. <laughs> well, Paul, Paul and Greg are still there, unfortunately. <laughs> no, they're still there. And... I remember installing that version, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember reinstalling it. <laughs> yeah. Because if you fell, if you fell, if they made one tiny mistake reading Rob Caron's little chim help file, then you have to like, you, you, you just had to repave the box. It was just quicker yeah, and then yeah. start all over again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I want to go off the rails here a second, if I could. I, I'm going off the rails. I'm diverting from our from our script. But basically, Willie, how does somebody become a ranger? Is there a prerequisite? You know, because I know people that are really good and involved, but not really super involved in the community in terms of blogs or they're not known, but they'd love to be able to do it. Yeah, so the entry bar is is very, I wouldn't say very low, but it, it's it's lowish. It's 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 far easier to become an ALM ranger than to become an ALM MVP. But what I find is a lot of rangers naturally become ALM MVPs because it's just I think it's the same same persona or the same interest. So what you need to have is a a real big amount of passion for Visual Studio ALM, uh, the ALM community, and collaborating with phenomenal peers around the world, um, and to deliver solutions part-time. And I think the part-time is important because all rangers, unfortunately, sacrifice family time because it's their part-time volunteer kind of adventure. Um, But to sign up, if you've got somebody who's interested, anybody just needs to come with that mix of passion and a bit of spare time and kind of tolerant families. And you need to find an active ALM ranger who all you need to do or she needs to do is um, be prepared to mentor you and nominate you. And then when the triages happen, which are kind of regular for the nominees, we go through the assimilation process, as we call it, and it's it's fairly quick and painless. Cool, cool, thanks. So what are, what kind of projects and solutions are, are the rangers currently working on? Uh, is this documentation? Is it code? Is it both? Is it, What kind of stuff do is currently? Yeah, it, it's, it's really a mix. Um, if you remember, our mission statement has a kind of a mix of guidance and solutions. Right. So it, if you look at our fly plan, we've got a kind of a fly plan, which is actually a community solution that was developed by two of our ALM MVPs, uh, who are also rangers. Um, you'll notice that there are two projects, or flights as we call them, um, and two are about to land and two are the Zane flights. So let me quickly talk about those four because I think they're quite exciting. Um, so the first one is migration guidance on premises TFS to VSO. So that is a guidance slash white paper type project. And what the team tried to do, and that's mainly Martin Hinsherwood, one of our other ALM MVPs, uh, try to capture the real world learnings and guidance for users to select A, the right tool, and B, the right strategy to migrate, uh, for example, from TFS to VSO. And as much as it sounds like an easy process, it's 
not. And this is what we're trying to do in that white paper. So it's okay. So it's a three to four page white paper that the team's about to to release. So that's one type of project that we're working on. And how long does a project like not to interrupt? Sorry about that, Willie. But uh, how long would a project like that take? I, I know three to four pages doesn't sound like a lot, but that's actually a lot. Of, you know, with the QC and the work, there's yeah. a lot of learning embedded mm-hmm. in. Yeah, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's this is actually one of the challenges we have is when somebody like a PM, the likes of Martin, asks us, "Can you quickly write a white paper?" <laughs> it's, it's, it's it sounds so easy. Um, yes, you can have it tomorrow. No, you can't. Um, so this project, for example, has been in flight for about uh, three months. Um, typically, a white paper would take us a month to two months to do, and most of the time is actually spent doing research and towards the end, actually going through the quality. Uh, bars and quality essentials, all those hoops we have to go through, copy editing, to make it readable. Um, and then obviously, like Martin Hinchelwood, as we know, is a very busy person. He travels a lot. I think he travels the most of all ALM MVPs at the moment. Um, and him doing this part-time is tough. So when we say two to three months, we're not really talking about two to three months of work. It's elapsed. Right. It's calendar time. Yeah. Hmm. Got it. Then the other project that you'll see on the flight board that's about to land, and it's, I think it's a really important one to, to mention, um, is, is guidance, uh, sample configurations, and the first resource uh, for creating config as code for DevOps and ALM practitioners. So it's all about PowerShell DSC. Mm. Um, and again, we were ready to ship about one and a half months ago. We actually sneaked out what we call a silent beta to Coplex. Um, and what we mean with silent is we just sneak it out there and we don't tell anybody. Uh, but obviously our supporters or kind of fans will notice and give us good feedback, which is what we need. But again, for the past few weeks, we have just been trying to tick off all the checkboxes and quality essentials. And Martin, you will know what that's all about. Mm-hmm. And just to get the last sign-off is usually very kind of time-consuming. So again, it's elapsed time, but this is a very kind of exciting project um, that should be, well, I'm not going to say dates, but it should actually ship within days. I think we've got the last checkbox covered. <laughs> That's brilliant. Cool. What people don't realize is um, it's not the natural state of a project to be shipped. And it's, it's an unbelievable amount of momentum required by people to drive a project over that threshold into the public domain, you know, and um, and it's very easy for it to get stuck and not not make it over. It's, it, I always find that, that that's the job of a PM is to is to keep pushing mm. you know these things out the door and to get the you know and you look constantly be on the lookout for obstacles and help and make sure they 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 get over. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad everybody does the great jobs that they do to make to make sure you get so much good content out there. Yeah, so, so those are really. No, I was going to say, so you were talking about these things called flight plans and flights. And I was wondering, could you tell us a little more about what a flight plan is and why you call them flights? Okay, the flight plan, I mean, most of us do a lot of traveling. So when we walk into the airport or we walk into the train stations or in my case, the bus station, you look at that board that tells you when things are departing and arriving. Um, And most of the rangers, and I can probably put in brackets MVPs, are very passionate about aviation, science fiction, anything that's got to do with flight. Um, And we do a lot of traveling as well. 
So for us, flight is a kind of a well-understood metaphor. Um, so we try and visualize our projects as flights. So when we say the project starts, we actually say it's taking off. Um, we have flights that are time boxed uh, because we believe if you fly from, I don't know, New York to Vancouver, you know how long the flight takes and you really get upset if it takes longer. So we say have the kind of same concept that we try and stick to the flight plan. And we have one or more crews working together uh, to complete a mission or a flight. So it, it's really, it sprinkles a bit of fun over the projects and associated processes, um, especially quality essentials. Uh, it's kind of we. I should probably mention as well. Quality Essentials is a, a tool, a Microsoft tool that we have internally. That's basically it's a it's a checklist of mm. things you have to do before a release goes out the door, and um, you know it covers everything from making sure you've done security testing and security monitoring to um, you know quality, yeah, making sure all the different the geopolitical awareness yes. and, and things like that. So um, by going through those, you're making sure it's a high quality release, and and Willie Willie takes his projects through quality essentials to again ensure that level of quality which is pretty impressive but yeah so you sorry you were saying you you as you're getting them through all the quality essentials and things you know you have to it helps you monitor the progress through through that through the whole you know shipping cycle yeah it's for us it's a it's a kind of a visual portfolio view um and it's actually if you look at the latest flight plan um, it's a, it's, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well so everyone can it, take a look. It'll actually say top right powered by the TFS backlog uh, mm-hmm. because that's very important for us as well is uh, we do a lot of dog fooding of technologies. And obviously, because we Visual Studio ALM, our dog food <laughs> is Visual Studio. Um, so we, for example, were the first to test or the first users on T- Team Foundation service, which I guess is now referred to as Visual Studio Online. And we've, we've made that our one and only home. Um, so if you if the rangers need anything, they know where to go to. It's one place, VSO. So all the documents, all the videos, everything is in version control in VSO. But I'm trying to say there is we, from the beginning, used kind of very early technology in those days, and it's part of our projects. So it's not just that we deliver solutions. We actually use the latest and greatest, um, and we give feedback to the product group. And because we have everything in VSO, at some point we were saying, why are we copying the status from the backlog to PowerPoint presentations and then posting them on the bulletin boards like you mm. see, Martin, in, in Building 18? or Yep. Um, yeah, as you like, walk around any of the buildings, you can see or in these big screens what the ranges are up to. It's brilliant. So in the old days, that used to be a PowerPoint slide. And I said, this is crazy. <laughs> why, why don't we just ask TFS? And then those two MVPs, which is um, Robert and Gordon, got together and... And they wrote us this flight plan. So it's, it looks like an airport flight board, and it pulls the projects that are uh, have just landed, that are in flight and about to take off, and just displays them visually. And I, I personally like it because it, I can just look at it from afar, and I know if there's a problem. Um, and at the moment, we do have a problem. So if you actually link to the latest one, Martin, you'll see two red ones, mm-hmm. uh, which means they're in flight, but they obviously are delayed. And those are the two that I mentioned, which is the white paper. It's currently going through a number of uh, reviews, technical content reviews, and the DSC or the PowerShell DSC solution, um, which is going through the final steps of quality essentials. So we weren't able to complete them as quickly as we would have liked. And guess what? They show up red. So again, we can't influence that. I mean, we could go back and tweak the backlog, <laughs> but 
it's it's good to know things are late and that's really why we use flights and flight plan it just makes i guess it's just something that we can relate to mm-hmm. so it's, no, it's brilliant so you're not i know, know i know sorry greg I, just, I, I noticed one i noticed one on the uh the flight plan which is coming up which is uh very dear to my heart and that's migrating the word for tfs um <laughs> and releasing it as a proper open source so uh if you want me to help out with that one will you um just let me know i'll, I'll have a chat with aaron see if he needs any help with that i'm more than happy to help out until right. that happens now uh, you should never offer help to rangers because you know, i know assume, <laughs> assume to be assimilated yes no, no thank you very much for that you're welcome yeah that's funny i was gonna i, I use that one too here every day uh, not every day but every week at least every time i'm working on a spec um so the the flight status though that's not like a, a scrum replacement or an agile replacement it's not a new methodology right no it's definitely not a new methodology it just shows you it's it's basically a portfolio view of projects so there it's high level like the way the ranges work, and um, we embrace lean, we embrace agile, and we are scrum based. But very often you'll hear us saying we are actually ruck based, not scrum based. Um, because if you kind of from the southern hemisphere and you know the game rugby, um, you know that there's a kind of a formal scrum which is kind of really ceremonial. Everybody gets together and you've got the loose scrum, which is basically just a few of the players getting together as during the game time to do this loose scrum. And that's referred to as a ruck. Now, because our ranges are geographically distributed around the planet or part-time, our volunteers have families and real jobs. We cannot, for example, have daily stand-ups and everything that you need to kind of really um, promote kind of agile and scrum practices. So very often you'll just hear us saying, yeah, we are Scrum based, but we prefer to call it Ruck because it's it's not quite Scrum because of our constraints. That's cool. Hey, um, so we're always, as you know, recommending uh, posts and things by the Rangers. I was wondering, uh, did you or the Rangers even have any particular tools or or, or things that, that you guys would recommend? Oh, uh, the widgets. Um, I think Richard... Hanshausen, another one of our colleagues, used to have a, a list of widgets on his community page. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that got a bit outdated. And a while ago, what we did is we got together with the MVPs and the Rangers, and we created another uh, catalog of widgets, um, which have been developed and most importantly used by the MVPs and Rangers. Um, it's tough, Martin, to recommend anything. I mean, there are tons of cool widgets and for TFS oh. and Visual Studio. And I'll put a link into the show notes. Is at aka.ms widgets. But yeah, I see. I see the flight plan board from Roberts actually listed in there as one of them, and uh, all the usual ones which mm-hmm. we all probably have installed, like the power tools and you know the, um, the administrator's toolkit and things like that. So yeah, this is a, this is a great list. Yeah. So personally, I, I use as as you can imagine, I use the TFS power tools. I use the news, yeah. my history, uh, the flight plan the TFS branch tool extensions, and even the TFS Agile Poker app at times. But yeah, yeah, and I, you're probably using the community TFS build extensions. If you don't know yes. you are, you probably are anyway. <laughs> or you're probably using something that was built with the community TFS build extensions, especially if you're using, I don't know, TFS. <laughs> yeah, I prob- That's brilliant. Yeah, I probably forgot to mention 101 widgets. That yeah, there's some really good stuff. So, yeah, I recommend browse through the list, uh, start using the tools. And most importantly, and that's what we need as rangers as well, is give candid feedback so we can 
can actually improve what's there. Um, so I think I might even put a link to that, like outside of the show on the <laughs> yeah. site, because <laughs> yeah. that's such a useful list. Looking through it, that's brilliant. It really is. So Willie, I got to ask you a question here. Uh, it's kind of going to maybe put you on the spot. I don't know, but um, how do you feel about the rapid release cycle starting in uh, VS twenty twelve and now twenty thirteen? All these updates. It seems like you know there's a new CTP every other week, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, does it make you and the Rangers crazy, or does it keep TFS and Visual Studio exciting? and make you crazy? Uh, can I give you two answers there? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the answer what we felt like a few months ago. Um, range of projects used to to range from anything from six to two, six months to two years. It was our uh, normal cadence right. of doing things because, yeah, we part-time. It's, it's tough to do things in a week. Uh, then the product group decided to adopt these quicker cadences um, and the Rangers decided, no, we will actually continue doing what we do. Um, and Martin, you know, you guys switched to a three-week sprint cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rangers stayed on the monthly cadence. And for a very long time, we had these continuously confusing kind of collaboration, synchronization meetings with the product group trying to figure out which sprint are you actually now referring to? Is it is the next sprint, sprint 70, or is it the Rangers August 2014? It, it became confusing. So we basically got together as Rangers and we said, fine, we have to adapt. Um, big headache. We cannot have these long kind of elapsed time projects anymore. So that was, if you would have asked me about a year ago, I, I, it was daunting. I thought, how are the Rangers going to cope with this? And how are the customers going to cope with this rapid cadence? Um, because I started off uh, in, in Switzerland in, in, in a Swiss bank, and I was used to these Swiss checklists of if you do X, you have to do a, a hundred other things first. So I always have that at the back of my mind is how do we get things into those organizations quickly? Now, that was, as I said, a while ago. Today, the ranges are aligned with the product group in terms of their cadence. So our sprints are three weeks. Um, there was a lot of worried ranges, but you know what? It's working well for us is we, we have a better way of planning. Uh, we have a much better way of tracking progress, especially in the part-time environment with shorter cadence. Talking the same language as the product group helps. And most of our projects, when we plan them, are from one to three, max four months in duration. So actual work time, maximum three months, and we release what we have. Um, so I guess the Rangers hate me for it, but <laughs> Willie always walks into the stand-up and says, fine, time's up, let's ship what we have, and we can do things better tomorrow. Uh, with the idea that let's just push what we have, give it to the community, um, see what value they get, and get feedback, and we can always now iterate another version if needed. Um, so we have adapted to the shorter cadence. It's it's still tough because by the time we ship, we already are looking at a new product. Like Martin, you mentioned it in um, of things to come. Um, every time I hear those things, we have to go back and say, what are we busy working on? What have we just released? What needs to be updated? Um, but one thing we've realized, and you'll you'll notice it if you go to our solutions catalog. Uh, Martin, I'm sure you're going to share that link as well. We've actually yeah, sure. we've categorized our solutions into supported, service mode, and retired now. Um, A year ago, we just had a list of solutions. We've come to the realization that we cannot update things that worked on 
TFS 2005 <laughs> today anymore. It's just not, it's impossible and adds no value. Um, we'd right. rather look at a project like the new Project Unicorn and invest our time there. Um, so we are actually very aggressively starting to retire guidance, solutions, tooling, uh, white papers, even MSDN magazine articles that, um, I don't know, the readership just refers to MSDN magazine articles that were written five years ago, mm -hmm. which don't really apply anymore. So we are starting to retire all of that stuff much, much quicker. Um, so today, I think we've we've synchronized with the rest of the product group. We're still a bit uneasy because it, it's a lot of stuff to consume. Um, and I, I feel that every time I wake up, there's more. <laughs> and, but I think if you turn the coin, it's, that's really what we're here for. It's, it's the evolving, changing world. It's so exciting. I mean, we can, we can wake up and next morning the world's different. I mean, who else has that? It, this is paradise. Yeah, for a nerd, this mm. is nerd land. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, there's a couple of things there as well that really stood out to me. Really, there was the the the, the sinking of cadence with the product group and things. That was something we learned as a product group as well. As you remember, is you know originally we didn't we didn't have the same sprints across uh, Visual Studio. We didn't have the same aligned schedule, and it just got confusing. And it just you know everyone and by having the same sprint boundaries the same sprint cadence the same sprint numbers it just allows a shorthand in communication you can you can go to people and say you know um i'll get you that in 73 or 74 or all that sort of thing and, and people know what you mean people know not to bother you you know towards that last week of the sprint and and uh or not to bother you on the first couple of days of a, of the of a new sprint because you'd be busy planning and things like that so it just helps having a it doesn't really matter i don't think it matters too much what the cadence is as long as it's short enough that um that you don't you know but the pixel boundaries are not too great kind of thing that you can deliver things quickly um it's not too short so that uh, um you know and then it's not too long yeah and it's it's regular that's it's really cool and then the other one is that you mentioned about you know let's ship it and see what the reaction is kind of thing I've had that conversation three times this week with different teams of like, you know, people asking questions and stuff and, you know, worrying about something and wanting to, frankly, over-engineer something. Mm. And, you know, the answer is consistently, let's just ship it like that and see, see what the reaction is. You know, you'd be surprised what people don't complain about. And if I look at different, I was looking through um, some mock-ups of, 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 you know, the lightweight code commenting features we've got mm -hmm. in, in version control. Um, I was looking at some mock-ups I did of that a long time ago, when, whenever I was thinking about the feature. Um and and the things that we needed to get done and the order and you know we probably hit on on like the first probably two or three bullet points out of this list of like ten things we were going to go do and you know what it actually is okay and and some of the things we thought were going to be big issues if we didn't get some of the lower things finished off actually it seems to be going okay so far so you know and then pull requests came in which answered another big chunk of them and there's still work to be done obviously which was further down the backlog but it doesn't matter giving giving somebody something is a lot better than giving them nothing mm. you know so uh, shipping is a feature as we always say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm afraid we've uh it's been a you know we've it's it's time's flown uh so we're already over the normal show time but it's just flown but it's really been a real pleasure having you on willie um just uh, a couple of things as we're we're wrapping up then greg uh, um anything what have you got anything you want to talk about yeah I, i've got one um 
You normally talk about the Rangers. What are you going to do? This yeah, we'll get to that. We'll, but we'll talk about training. We'll, we'll talk about that. Okay, kind of there stuff. we go. Uh, free training. That's, 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 <laughs> yeah, free training, which is always good. Um, Damon Brady, uh, SSW Solution Architect. We talk about their videos and uh, quite a bit. Last time we talked about it on show 80, it was TFS Extensibility. They have another one, uh, Project Management with Visual Studio. Today, they have a uh, Project Management with Visual Studio online dev superpowers episode five i love that uh but it's from getting started with visual studio source control features Uh, you know basically if you if uh you guys out there haven't really looked at Visual Studio Online and kind of wondering what its features are and stuff, this hour and seven-minute video will help you with that. Cool. Yeah, and I'd like to throw one in there, too. Um, uh, fellow MVP Esteban Garcia, as well as a good friend of mine, um, he has one on getting started with Visual Studio Online. So maybe you're going to go to watch the visual, getting started with Visual Studio Online, then jump into the project management with Visual Studio Online. So you can do a whole bunch of training. And, uh, and yeah, Esteban puts out some really good materials. So you'll want to check that one out. It's at almguide.com, and we'll have it in the show notes, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, Getting Started with Visual Studio Online by Esteban Garcia. And he's a ranger as well, so that's good. So <laughs> oh, yeah, we, yeah. we got to mention in yeah. the end. Uh, and and Damien actually, I didn't I didn't actually really know Damien that well, but we worked on the TFS uh, 2013 book. He he was one of the co-authors on that book, so I uh, know he's a really good guy. So cool. Like I say, Willie, it's been an absolute delight having you on the show. Thank you so much for making the time. It's been brilliant. Um, if anybody's got any questions or feedback, um, if they want to email radiotfs at outlook dot com, or you can give us a call on um, on one four two five two three three eight three seven nine and uh, yeah if you is there anybody else you want want us to bring on the show drag in and then do let us know and say thanks again willie it's been great so thanks for your time and we'll speak to you next time on radio tfs <laughs>